Welcome to the Swim Swim Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, I've got a very special guest. He is uh, a musician. He was, I, I, he's almost a swimmer, but now he's, he's a swimmer. He's a father of three. And today we are talking with Matt Mauser. Good to be here. <laughs> I want to give this conversation a little bit of context. Um, you're, uh, you, you're a father of three. Um, you lost your wife, Christina Mauser, in January of last year uh, in the same helicopter crash that killed NBA legend Kobe Bryant. Uh, Christina was the basketball coach at Bryant's Mova Sports Academy. Uh, she was traveling with him and seven others to a tournament in Thousand Oaks, California at the time of the crash. Um, you also had a working relationship with Kobe. Can you give me just a, a brief synopsis of, of how you worked with him? Right. No. Um, Christina was, um, actually she was his, I, I wouldn't, I don't think she worked for the Mamba Academy per se. She just was working for the, the team, the Mamba team. Some people get that. Okay. Confused. Um, I met, I was this kid's teacher. Christina and I were both teachers, uh, at the school where, his children went and through that um, we became, you know, friends and, and more of a working relationship. He uh, discovered that I was a musician and he had heard some of my stuff. Uh, we had gone on a field trip one day and he asked to accompany us and uh, we started talking music amongst other things. But through that friendship um, and through that encounter, he uh, discovered that I was a songwriter and I asked to hear some of my stuff and I, and he loved it. And so he said, I want you to come to work for me, you know, that's the kind of person he was. And when he saw, you know, somebody that had a gift in a certain area, he would, he would use them. And so he asked me if I would write uh, music for his podcast called The Punies. And that, that relationship turned into uh, a mutual, Christine and I were both coaching basketball at the same, at the same school. And uh, through that, he was starting his uh, daughter's club team. He was coaching that. And Originally, I was the assistant coach, and he quickly realized that I was not quite as <laughs> gifted as my wife was in basketball and and uh, X's and O's and just, you know, different schemes. Christina had a brilliant, brilliant mind for basketball. She was a uh, phenomenal high school player, was actually CIF uh, uh, all-star for here in Southern California, you know, it's hard to become a you know, it's, it's a pretty deep pool. <laughs> and Christina was her MV, the MVP for the All-Star game uh, when she, uh, her senior year. And she was uh, just a phenomenal, not only an athlete, but just a phenomenal um, mind for basketball. She could pick up anything you throw down, anything he could throw down. Like, you know, we were talking about the triangle offense and it took me, and it was a little challenging for me to figure out, but Christina figured every aspect of the triangle offense in one day. So she had a brilliant mind. She was like that in everything she did. She just had a, uh, an incredible ability to pick up information and schemes and, you know, and, and, and different um, patterns. She just had a great, amazing mind for patterns. So I was, you know, kind of more regulated to writing music, which was my uh, strength. 
And he, uh, because it was a girls team and she was fantastic with the girls, and she absolutely loved coaching the girls and it kind of freed us up to have some time during the day. And uh, we decided to, uh, you know, she decided to start coaching for him. So it was, uh, it was a good time and we were really enjoying our lives during that time. And, uh, you know, she was teaching basketball and I was writing music and playing in my, in my two bands, which, you know, had forced us to kind of quit teaching because they both got, you know, some legs and I couldn't handle all the different uh, components to having three kids, being a teacher and, keeping two bands and a business together. So that's kind of how, that's kind of how it all started. Yeah. I, it's, you mentioned wearing a lot of hats and we're going to go through cycle through a few of those hats. Um, I, and I want to start with athlete. It sounds like you and Christina were both athletes. You, you connected over being athletes in a myriad of ways throughout your lives. Um, but you were, you know, as I mentioned before, you were a swimmer, you picked up swimming kind of, you know, I want to, I'm taking it back oh, uh, you to, to your young <laughs> days. You, yeah. you, you picked up swimming fairly young um, or well, so in your young days, but fairly late as a swimmer, um, Very late. You, you played water polo and baseball in high school. And it wasn't until your senior year, I believe that you started swimming. It was my senior year in high school that um, I played water polo and baseball. Um, I was, a, I had a natural kind of, throwing motion from having played baseball when I played water polo. And back then, you know, in the, in the eighties, when I was in high school, you know, the way they found water polo players, they, they would go out to your PE class and they'd make everybody get at the end of the pool. And then whoever was the first one to the other end, they'd say, would you think about playing water polo? So, <laughs> so I grew up on a houseboat in LA Harbor with my, when I'd go visit my dad, my parents were separated. My dad lived on a houseboat and uh, I was in the water every day. As, as a kid so I was a good swimmer so when it came to like PE class and they lined everybody up on the end of the pool and the PE teacher who was a football player <laughs> the football <laughs> yeah said, uh, or no the water polo coach came out and said hey swim and I, I won and he pulled me out and says would you ever consider playing water polo and I said sure <laughs> and so I had a natural throwing style from you know good motion of being able to throw as a good baseball player mm -hmm. and so I said yeah I'll come out so I went out and I played water polo and I could I wasn't the best swimmer on the team by any means these kids that were swimming um, were much faster in the water than I was at the time but I could sit half court and score because I had I was I had such a good mechanics when it came to you know my arm and being able to throw so um the coach and I, and I progressively, you know, still got to swim in water polo. So I, I progressively got faster. I remember being like cheating, going halfway and everybody would be able to do a 50 or a hundred. I could maybe get in like a 75, but I would <laughs> cheat and cut off the lab, act like I was hiding and then come in. So I would finish at the same time, but I just wasn't as strong a swimmer as the other guys. And then uh, through time and just kind of continuing to play water polo, my swimming abilities got you know, I, 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 I improved rapidly. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then um, I played, you know, I love polo and I love playing baseball. I didn't really consider swimming because it's just, you know, I didn't. But I remember one time being in the baseball field, shagging flies with all my friends standing there and I could hear a swim meet and I'd hear everybody going crazy and screaming. I heard girls and, and here I am, this 
you know, catching flies and throwing baseball. <laughs> in. And I said, that, that sounds kind of fun. You know, I think I'd rather be there. So my senior year, my coach said, you just play baseball, but swim in the morning, go to baseball practice, and then we'll swim at night. We'll put you in a later session of swimming. So I did. And, uh, you know, I got down to like a 5,600 back, which if anybody knows times for, for never having swarm, my kids are coming in. I can't talk right now. Please shut the door. I'll be right out, buddy. Uh, <laughs> so, um, uh, it was, uh, you know, coach goes, that's, that's pretty respectable time for never having, you know, swum. And so I got noticed by uh, college. Some of my friends that I had played water polo moved on to, to school. And then I got recruited to swim at, uh, Golden West college, which is a local junior college where I played polo and swam. And, uh, I was all American in junior college for swimming and, and polo. And then I got recruited to swim at uh, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo in my, you know, my time. Then when I was able to dedicate a significant amount of time to swimming, you know, I don't think I, I really dedicated more than three months to swimming. It just, that was like the longest I'd ever trained. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I remember I became an all, I, I all American in the 200 back and the 100 back and uh, NC2As. So that was pretty cool. So it, <laughs> it but it, um, it was one of, and then I ended up swimming a couple of years later after I graduated, which is where I did my, my best times. Cause then I dedicated myself. I swam for uh, mission Viejo, um, the Natadors for a couple of years, just on my own and had, you know, 20, 23, 24. That's where I got my, my fastest times. Cause I kind of dedicated myself, but it was, uh, you know, maybe I missed my calling in the sense where I could have maybe the Olympic trials or something like that. But to me, it was just, it was something that I was good at naturally. And um, it was cool to be good at something, you know, like, and, you know, not a lot of people have the ability to kind of swim. I, I have naturally long arms and kind of thin. So it kind of, um, it worked out, you know, it just, it was, uh, and, uh, you know, I was a lifeguard. I was a Huntington Beach lifeguard for 20, 22 years. And, uh, it was good to be the, the, you know, as lifeguards are good swimmers, but, but swimmers, you know, that are dedicated to swimming and are lifeguards, you know, it was really cool to be the, the fastest lifeguard at the beach for a while. It was, uh, you know, it was, it was just a good feeling. It was just good to kind of have that in my, as a skill. Yeah. I, so, I mean, that's interesting because you, you kind of came to the game late um, you obviously had some talent, like you said, you're naturally good at it. You, you, you have the physicality to, to swim, to move through the water. Um, and then you end up NCAA All-American, uh, <laughs> Cal Poly, and, and then you, you train by yourself at Mission Viejo, you know, one of the most famous clubs in the country, certainly. Um, well, Bill Rose was the coach. Um, okay. Yeah. I ended, up, I ended up being a lifeguard with his son. I think it was Kyle Rose. He was, uh, but I just walked in and I said, uh, I want to train. <laughs> he goes, well, you're like 23. I said, I know. I just want, I just want to train. He goes, okay, it's $90 a month. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. What, what, why did you just want to train at that point? Especially like you said, you know, if you weren't like shooting for an Olympic trials or something like that. I, I, I wanted to be, they had these Bud Light, they had these competitions and lifeguards called the Bud Light competitions. 
And so during the summertime, I, I trained for these lifeguard competitions. And um, there's another event for Huntington Beach called the Mega Colossus, which is eight miles of running and I think about three miles of swimming. And I, I wanted to win that year. <laughs> I think it was like 93 or 94 or something like that. I didn't win, but I won every swimming portion. I wasn't quite the runner as some of these guys were, mm-hmm. but I, uh, I think I was like top, top three or four. Um, but, uh, I mean, it was like 200 and something guys and at every swim I would catch everybody and come in and then the runners would track me down. I'd pull away. Then the last section of that eight mile course on the running portion, I just got, I got passed and I'm not quite the runner. <laughs> well. would, yeah, baseball isn't training to be a, a distance runner by any means. But um, it, it was, I think I just wanted something to connect with, you know. I think I just wanted something to be um, an outlet. I've always had a lot of energy. And so mm-hmm. I wanted, you know, I just when I find something to focus on, I just focus on it. Kind of just went for it. And it, it was relaxing. It was... Um, it was, uh, it, like I said, you know, it's nice to be good at something. And when you're good at something, you know, it's, I like to pursue it. Yeah. And so when, when did that portion of your swim career finally, you know, dwindle away, die down? You know, when did you stop training at Mission? Yeah. So after that, I, uh, I realized that I needed to start living, get a job <laughs> after graduating from college. So, um, I, uh, I started my music career and so music kind of took over and I started a band. Um, I was briefly uh, married for about a year and a half and, you know, didn't work out nice gal, but just wasn't, you know, I I wasn't ready to be married. I was like 27, 28. And, um, the music really took off. And in that same time I got a teaching job. And so I was teaching Spanish at a private school. I was lifeguarding on the weekends, lifeguarding during the summer. And my band, this we had, you know, I won't say the name, but we had a band that was very popular in the area. And we started really getting a lot of, of work. And, uh, you know, it steadily began to grow and grow and grow. Until, and, and that was, that became the priority. So, I, you know, I, I love the competition aspect of things. I loved competing. I loved having something to, that got my adrenaline going. And when the music kind of took the place of swimming, I kind of, you know, I, that, that, that kind of took precedent. And I kind of got out of it for a while. Absolutely. And I, I think you hear a lot of, of swimmers, of athletes, you know, they, they leave their sport, but they're still just as competitive and, and they put all that energy into yeah. something else. No, I needed, I needed something. Mean, being on stage is, you know, I started off in, in clubs, you know, we call mm-hmm. bars. We were a bar band. Yeah. And then it progressed to private parties and then it progressed to corporate parties and then corporate parties begin progressed to, you know, concert series and then concert series be progressed to opening for major acts. And then it just kept growing and growing and growing. And then it was, it was like, this is a legit, legitimate business, which is where I met my wife, you know, she was a fan. So it kind of paid off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I'm really curious because, you know, you, you, it sounded like you were a, a regular jock in high school, not to, not to put you into a personality box. You were very athletic, obviously. <laughs> you played a lot of sports. 
how'd you get into music? Uh, well, music was in my family. My aunt uh, was a pianist. Uh, my great grandma was a pianist. I come from a long line of like piano players. Okay. Uh, my aunt was uh, played Carnegie Hall. Uh, and then she was the pianist for Radio City Music Hall for 30 years. Whoa. I'm <laughs> the Rockette. So I came from a very classically trained musical family. Yeah. Um, and so I heard it my whole life. I heard standards. I heard, you know, you know, all the musicals, you know. So it was like that was just part of my upbringing. My dad was a guitar player. And so as a, as a child, I would listen to him play guitar. I mean, it was, you know, it wasn't just was something you heard once in a while was a daily occurrence, you know? So hearing music and, um, and, and understanding it was a big part of uh, my musical ability, I guess, you know, if you're exposed to it, you know, you're going to, you're going to pick it up. So we always had uh, guitars in the house and, and um, drums. So we, you know, we would, I was, I would, I gravitated towards it. And, uh, you know, I would say I was singing at a very young age. My dad would sing songs, so I would pick it up. My mom was very musical. So I think, you know, that, that was the genesis. And then as I grew older, I realized that I had this ability in music and, and being able to hear things. And so that kind of, uh, I, took, I took to that just like I, I took to swimming in sports. You know, that kind of it was the natural transition to something else. And as an entertainer, I, you know, as a, as, you know, I loved kind of, getting up there and entertaining and doing my thing. You know, we had a lot of success. So success is like anything. If you, if you do good at it, if you're good at it, you know, kind of want to keep doing it. And so I yeah. kind of looked at it the same way I looked at swimming. Yeah. Did So did you, um, were you practicing music, you know, throughout high school, college? Did you know? I, know, I never know took that a was... formal lesson. I just, uh, okay. I just figured it out. Um, I got a job at a music store and uh, I walked in and just said, if you uh, give me a job and I'll, I'll, you can pay me in lessons. So he said, okay. <laughs> so he, he paid me, but I, I still got lessons and, you know, I got a few, you know, we wouldn't really have lessons as much as I would just, you know, music's not too hard to figure out once you kind of know chords and mm-hmm. progressions and you kind of, you know, if you, it's like anything, if you want to figure it out, you figure it out. Yeah. When, when was that? What's that? When was that? When did you get that? Oh, job? that was night. That was 17. Okay. I was 17. I got it during the winter time when I wasn't, you know, lifeguarding. I got a job at the music store and I also had a job working at an ice cream store. I used to scoop ice cream. <laughs> he stayed busy in high school. I paid, that paid three ten. dollars and 10 cents an hour. I work, I work a hundred hours, you know, every two weeks and I make like 300 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, and yeah. I realized that yeah, I needed to get a new career. So <laughs> lifeguarding paid at the time, lifeguarding paid $11 an hour, which was, you know, quite the increase. So I realized that, okay, swimming was swimming paid off. Yeah. And then uh, when I started doing the music, I realized that, you know, free enterprise music, you know, having a band charging it, then it, it really paid off. And so, you know, I love the aspect of, of business. That was fun. Absolutely. So, you know, when you, when you started, when music started becoming a real career for you, as you said, it grew and grew and grew. And, and one day you're like, okay, I can actually make this a real business. I mean, I don't, when I, when I think of like a performing artist, 
you know, I think the common thought is just, oh, you, you, you go on stage, you do your thing, and then you, you have fun or you party the rest of the time. And people, I, you know, we don't see all the hard work that goes into that. And, and that kind of brings me in mind of, you know, something like college swimming, where it's like, you really have to dedicate a lot of yourself to that. Um, Absolutely. What, I mean, how, how, how did you feel prepared and how did you feel unprepared to, to take that step into a career? Well, it's interesting. It's, I think that swimming kind of uh, molded me into having a sense of uh, discipline and, and not quitting. You know, mm-hmm. swimming, swimming, I think was, it's so painful. You're cold, you know, you stink, you smell like chlorine, <laughs> your hair falls out. You know, you have to really be mentally strong to be a good swimmer, to dedicate yourself to swimming. And when you dedicate yourself to, you know, business, uh, it's so much, I mean, compared to like swimming every day, you know, twice a day for, for years. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a step down and, and, and <laughs> and levels of intensity and, and the ease in which you do something. So I looked at, I looked at my music career running the business. So my wife was brilliant at running the business. She was charming. She was organized. She was great with clients. So she did the majority of that stuff. So I can't take full credit, but I love the business aspect of, of, of for me, what music was the business mm-hmm. and we were in demand and, you know, we would negotiate prices. We would, you know, set everything up. We do contracts. We everything that was associated with, with running a business was just as exciting to me as doing the music, and watching our, you know, our success and, and making money. It was it was exciting, and I, I I but we were disciplined. You know, if you're lazy and and you just think it's going to happen, it's not going to happen. It's like in anything you do, you got to put the work in. You got to you got to uh, have a passion towards what it is. And so I, I really think swimming for me was kind of the catalyst. And then I, I, I use so many of those lessons in my, in my career. Yeah. And again, I think we hear that from, from athletes, from swimmers. And I think that's absolutely cool thing. It's not rocket science. I mean, it's not, (laughs) it's, it's, it's not a flute that successful athletes and people that are ability to work in a teams and a team setting. I think, I think that swimming was, was uh, baseball for me was, was good too. I played football, I played baseball, I played water polo and the team sports, you know, also helped me in being able to, you know, when I remember when I went to the swimming team in college, it was, the kids were a little different, you know, that I was, I came from like water polo, <laughs> we slap people with towels and baseball where you'd like yell at each other, you goof and you have a good time, you know, and you get to know the guy banter and all that stuff. It was fun. And I remember swimming with girls for the first time, with women for the first time. I was like, I better not say something stupid. <laughs> you know, I, I had to kind of like tone down my, my personality. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, it was still a team and you needed to learn how to work with people. And, you know, it was, and it was fun. And I learned how to like, you know, I learned how to be a part of a team. And, it, you know, and all those little lessons, I think, definitely help you later on in life. Yeah. And I mean, I'm obviously, uh, having a family is, 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 is being a team as well, working as a team. Um, and so you, you stepped away from swimming for a while. You grew your career, you grew your family. Um, when did you start coming back to swimming? Cause I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was even before. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, so I got a, a gym membership at a local, uh, 
club is called Los Caballeros, which is a, a club here in Orange County. And uh, they had a pool and I would see, you know, I'd go lift weights or play basketball. And, and then I, you know, I figured that maybe I should take advantage of the fact there's a pool here, you know, so every once in a while I'd get in. And then I noticed uh, people that were swimming on a club team, you know, there was a group that got together every day and, and I'd be swimming and I'd listen to them. And I saw, I, I kind of met this guy, Diego, who was uh, running the master's program, but swimming during the day and, and training on his own because he had to train before he went to coach. Hmm. And, you know, I would just kind of get locked in and then I would do their workouts just for fun. And I just felt better. You know, my body felt it was like getting back in, in step with your past or getting back in the womb. You know, it was just it just felt good. Yeah. And uh, it's, it was a workout that you just can't get, you know, lifting weights or anywhere else. You know, swimming, just it's just a different workout. You feel better in your clothes. I know you did. I felt better on stage. My lung capacity was better. I could sing better. Uh, you know, it just was all those things that you, you, you take for granted when you're not doing it, you know. And um, sorry, when you're doing it. And so I said, you know, there's a master's program at night. My, I wanted to spend a day with my kids and my wife when she had retired from teaching. So she would go off to coach, you know, at night. She was coaching from like seven to nine at night. That's when they would practice. And so I would go swim at night at this local high school and we'd have the kids and nanny would come and watch and or babysitter would come by at night and watch the kids. So I would swim every night while Christina was away. And then we'd, you know, come back and, we had a great life. So it was like for about two years, I was, I was getting back into swimming. I really noticed that it helped my singing, you know, my lung capacity and my ability to kind of phrase and, and all the things, you know, Sinatra was a huge fan of swimming. And uh, he, you know, he said he swam as a kid and it really helped his vocals. It helps your ability to hold a note, you know, your, it just helps in every way. So it just felt better. It just felt better. <laughs> Yeah. I mean that you say that and it's like, Oh, duh. But like, that's something I would never even think about because I'm not super musically inclined, you know, I'm not in that world, but um, that's, that's a really cool benefit that, yeah, it, you might not even notice until you're in it, you're doing it. Um, nice. And so, so then obviously um, you know, it's, it's been about a year since the crash. Um, and I mean, how have you incorporated swimming into your routine and into that healing yeah. process yeah no it, then it it took on after christina passed it just took on a whole different um you know significance for me i went it went from something i did just to kind of feel good and and you know keep in shape to the something that was uh you know a, it became like a really important part of my life you know to keep my sanity to keep my um, my emotions from getting out of control. I mean, you know, losing losing. Oh, you there? Oh, yeah. Did I do that? Chrome couldn't update the latest version, so you're missing out on new features. You there, Coleman? I'm there. Yeah, we're good. Can you still see me? Yep. I can't see you. I wonder what's going on. Oh. Yeah, I can. I can still see you. All right. Okay. Well, yeah, I can't see it. So, but I think the thing for me was that um, it became 
a way to, it was therapy for me and just to kind of, um, continuing to, you know, do something on a daily basis, which was really important and kind of cleared my mind. That was the hardest part. I needed my mind cleared and swimming definitely did that. It was like having a task and being able to get through that task and then return to my day was, became a huge part of my healing process. I mean, I'm still not healed. I'll be honest with you. I'm not even close, but I'm because of, of my, you know, the scheduling of, of in the middle of the day, it gave me an outlet. It gave me something to look forward to and it calmed me down, which was uh, really necessary, especially for the first six months after you lose, you know, the love of your life. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it's brutal, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, 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 the, uh, the common phrases I can imagine, but I, but I can't, the truth is I, I cannot imagine a loss like that. It, it sounds just devastating. And then to pile on top of that, you know, you, you have three kids mm-hmm. raising them on your own. And then, and then we get hit with a pandemic, a global pandemic two months later. Um, I mean, can, can you just take, talk to me a little bit about those first six months, especially once COVID started, um, what your process was like for getting through that with swimming and and otherwise. Yeah, no, it was, um, well, you know, in the beginning you're in shock, you're, you're just, you know, you just kind of, you know, how am I going to, what am I going to, what am I going to do? How do I do this? You know, and you're trying to, organize your thoughts. You're trying to like, what's best for my children? Where am I going, you know, from here on out? And you're just, there's just so many things going past you. People want to talk to you. I mean, obviously it was hard. It was, it was additionally hard because it was in the, you know, she died the way she did in in the public eye. And that was very challenging. All the, all the natural kind of, uh, challenges that that had with it, you know, dying next to Kobe and, um, the media, but, um, I was numb for the first, you know, and everybody, the, 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 the interesting part is, and they always tell you this and people who have, who have had somebody die that they love, they'll tell you in the beginning, you know, people would say, whatever you need, you hear this, this is one of the things you hear. Everybody's here for you you know, whatever you need, we're here for you. You hear this over and over again, the community supports you. You have so much love, you know, we're all with this. If there's ever anything you need. And then March 13th, gone, everybody was gone. And it started to waver. So, you know, when you say, when you, when you're grieving and you hear these things, you're like, Oh, I'm going to be, it will be. And then, you know, for anybody that lost anybody, and you hear these things, you just take them with a grain of salt because everybody leaves, especially in a pandemic. But even then, everybody leaves because it's painful. You know, it's I mean, I don't know the reasons. And the people that the people that stay with you and are able, you know, you can call and you can vent or you can talk to. Those are the people that you keep in your life. And those are the people that are there for you. And you really find out who your friends are. You really find out the people that are there for you when something like this happens. Now a pandemic, (laughs) a pandemic, um, 
on steroids with that. I mean, I went from like having like a call, can you help? You know, I gotta, I gotta go swim. Can you watch the kids for an hour mm-hmm. to like, there's nobody. And it was like me, it was like, I just felt like this wasteland, you know, the streets were closed down. Everybody's terrified. Yeah. And you know, a month and a half into my wife dying, here I am by myself with three kids, you know, devastated, sad, you know, and trying, you know, every night is, you know, it's just brutal. And then you're, you know, you're, you're all alone. And it was, it was, it was terrifying, you know, and then, uh, you know, I had some family members. My mom stayed with me for a while. My dad stayed for a while. Then he got cancer. Everybody got cancer in my family. So my mom got it. My dad got it. Christina's dad was hospitalized and her mom was hospitalized. So I went from having some help to no help. And then everybody that I love got sick. So it was a, it was a, it was a tough, tough six months. Um, they shut the pools down so I couldn't swim. But I live uh, next to a river trail. So I would, you know, I'd get some time and I would get on that river trail and I, I live about three miles to the beach. So I'd walk all the way to the beach every day and then come back. And there were times when that trail was not long enough. Like I wish I had an extra three or four miles, you know, cause I just, I just couldn't walk enough, you know? So I'd walk every day and uh, just try to make sense of things. You know, I was just, trying to find something to connect with, you know, with where am I going? What do I have to look forward to? How am I going to move forward? You know, it's how am I going to take care of my children? How am I going to be a loving dad and be in this much pain, you know, and then missing her and then talking to her, you know, and you're, you're, you're talking, I'm talking to her as I'm walking, you know, all these, you just, you're just lost, you know, you're just, it's a really hard place to be. But then, you get days where you're like, I'm okay. And then you'll talk to somebody or reach out to somebody and you'll get a sense of normalcy again. And you'll start to uh, see a future. You see, you know, a light. And then, you know, then you go back. It's just, this, it's just this roller coaster ride. So I, I think that swimming for me was such a good teacher in, um, knowing that you're not always going to be your fastest, you know, there'd be days where you're broken down, but you still get in the pool and you still swim because you're hoping for that taper. You're hoping to shave and that you're going to do your best times at the end, you know? So I, I just, I just hope for a better day and I just kept going. That's all I can do. Yeah. The, I, I'm curious about something else. You know, you, you were a coach, your wife was a coach. Um, from, from a coaching perspective, now that you, I believe you were teaching your three kids for a while as well. You were obviously also a teacher. Um, I mean, how, how did you get through that? Or, you know, what, what have you, how's that roller coaster been from a, from a teaching perspective, from a coaching perspective of, um, of being a mentor? Mm-hmm. Well, I was good at two things in school. I was good at Spanish because I could hear it. Mm-hmm. And I was good at history because I, I just love history. So my kids and then music. So my kids learned three topics. They learned <laughs> history and music, and that was it. And then we take them swimming. I take them. 
And so it was like, you're going to do what I do. I figured math and uh, English and I, you know, I knew a little bit of grammar and I, everything else, you're just going to have to figure out on your own, but you're going to be a savant in Espanol, history and swimming <laughs> and music. And so yeah. that's what I taught them. You know, I do, I was a good, I was, I made sw teaching Spanish fun. I did it all with music. And that was one of the reasons Kobe, uh, he had my, he had heard my children's theme that I gave to the kids. And um, I just taught concepts through music and it was fun and the kids loved it and they, they remembered it, you know, you know, I was able to, so anything that's memorable through uh, music or rhymes, that's kind of way, that was my, that was my approach to teaching my own kids. And uh, see, it works, you know, kids, kids love that stuff. I love that stuff. You know, it's like, it's the common language. So, but as far as teaching, um, teaching them, it was, you know, it was a break from the norm. So it was fun. You know, and then I got, I got, I got tired, <laughs> you know, you're like, you have three kids. I got a 10, 12 or 12, 10 and a four year old. So the levels, it's hard to kind of like keep them all on the same page, you know? Yeah. So thankfully school, you know, went online a little bit later and then we had summer, you know, that was, that was uh, keeping them busy during summer with nothing to do. It was hard. So, yeah, but I think my skill as a teacher, my, uh, my background as an entertainer and being able to keep kids engaged, help, you know, and then uh, yeah, it definitely helps to have experience when you're going through something, you know, it definitely helps. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, moving forward, I'm, I'm a little curious. Do you have any aspirations with swimming? Obviously you're using it as, as a form of therapy, but um, you know, I mean, it's uh, from what I was reading, sounds like you're, you're training a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing a, you know, Dave Salo was training at the place where, where, co where, where I swim. Okay. And so my coach was picking up all Dave's, <laughs> like uh workouts so we're doing like these off bizarre workouts where you know where you you do superman swim and then we're doing the uh you know with the frankenstein kick on your back and this stuff i'm like these are these workouts are nuts you know and then <laughs> you go halfway you do a flip turn you come back you do another it's like a water polo workout you know yeah and just to get the muscles that you probably don't get when you're just going back and forth you know and just interval training so it was maybe i'm giving away his secrets but <laughs> we started doing these more sprint sprint kind of uh, type workouts and my time started, you know, my swimming, my speed definitely increased. Um, I hate doing long sets, like anything over 200, 300. It's, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I like, I like kind of getting out and talking to everybody else. Hey, you know, it's more, it's more my speed. I like, I like fast, you know, fat training fast and uh, the fast twitch stuff. So we got to do, he's, he's kind of our, Diego, our coach, has incorporated a lot more of those fast twitch kind of uh, sets into our, our training, which has been really fun. Uh, I, I, I like, and, and there's something fun about being able to go fast, even I'm 50. So being able to like, you know, I'll give you my times, but a lot of times they're with fins on, you know, so it's <laughs> like, I, it just feels good to go fast, you know. Absolutely. You break down a little bit and you get these aches and pains, but, you know, you can still call your buddies go, Hey, guess what I did in the 50 back today? They're <laughs> like, no way. Like, yeah, yeah. Get back in. Get back in. So it's fun. Yeah. I like I like training. It's fun. Yeah. 
I mean, that's, that, that is fun. And, and we, we love Dave Salo. We've had him on the podcast. He he's a genius. And I think everyone who's ever trained with him will tell you the same thing that he's just a mastermind at getting it at, at breaking down the science and then getting you to do, do it well, do it fast and have fun doing it. And so that, I mean, that, that sounds fun. <laughs> no, it was cool. Having, I mean, you know, they, they've been training there. It's, it's interesting to watch these kids. I mean, they're going 75s. Mm-hmm. on 30 or 31 you know, <laughs> 32 it's like you know that's like 32 75 that's that's flying yeah. you know i think about <laughs> crazy and i look at the times today versus you know when i was in college i was i was you know i felt like you know i was never at the elite but i you know there was, it was within it was in, within a you know train a little harder you, you always thought maybe i could mm-hmm. but then you look at these guys today there's like no there's no what I, I don't even <laughs> The times are just ridiculous to me. Like you look at Caleb Dressel, what is seven, 17, six, something like that. Yep. What is 17, six? 17, six. That just seems in, in, not, like unhuman. It's I not think right. We're, not we're, right. All underwater, <laughs> dolphin kicks. It's like, why didn't they have that technology when we were growing? When I was <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think everyone, everyone thinks that swim is still inhuman. So we're, we're with you. I can't make heads or tails of it. It's like, dude. It was that, yeah. It, it, it's like you're watching uh, Aquaman or like a <laughs> like a dolphin. It's just ridiculous, you know. He doesn't even t- he doesn't even take. I think he takes like what 13, 14 strokes the whole. Oh the yeah. Whole <laughs> I show that yeah, to like I, I show that to people that are non swimmers, and they're just what is this? It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it is freakish. And, and so you mentioned, you know, you, you like sprinting, you like the training, but, um, the, the community, I mean, I think the swimming community is pretty special. And I think once you're a part of it, you, you never really leave it. You're always a part of it. Um, I mean, how, how big has that been just having a team to train with? Oh man, it's been, you know, the people that I, you get to know them and, and there's something about working hard with people and you get, you know, when you're suffering and you're, and you're in pain and then they're there for you and you're training and you're talking in between. And then, you know, on Friday we have like, we have beers on Friday we bring them in and we'll have like, everybody will have a beer at the end of, on, at the end of the week. And it's just this feeling, you know, the camaraderie that is so important with anything you do, you know, we're human. We need human interaction and we haven't been able to have it, you know, on so many levels, there's been so, so much loss and so it's nice to have, you know, uh, people that you can talk to and people that you can um, train with. And you, you do, you get a, you get a, a really, you, you get a close bond with the people that you train with. You know, it's, it's interesting. You know, it's almost becomes like it's your therapy and then the people that are in there, it's almost like an Alcoholics Anonymous <laughs> meeting, you know, <laughs> it's like you go there and I'm mad, I'm an alcoholic, whatever it is, you know, I'm mad and I'm, and I'm screwed up. So here's. I need to get in with the rest of you and just kind of work out my problems. And I, it feels, you know, it's a release. So the people that are there with you, you know, they really help. And I've, I've, I've got some really good friendships through it. You know, people you would never expect to be friends with guys in their seventies. There's a gal that's from this, she's 24 years old. And, you know, and, and I, you know, she's, we're, we're racing. And I said, you got, you got 26 years on me. I said, I was, I was graduated from college when you were born. 
you know, <laughs> but we're still racing and, and having a good time together. So yeah, there's, it's just a good community. And it's fun because when you're like, when you're competitive, when you're, you know, still got it a little bit and you still, you still get out there and you can keep up with everybody. There's that, there's that mutual respect that you have when somebody can beat you, you know? And here's a 50 year old guy and I'm beating like 27, 28 year olds. They they look at you differently. Right. <laughs> One guy goes, you Sorry. cheated. I said, no, you know, I didn't. I got 30 years on you. <laughs> you cheated. <laughs> That's right. Said, You're living with mom, getting home cooked meals. I'm, I'm, I'm waking up cutting strawberries. I'm still kicking your butt. <laughs> so I love the competitiveness. It's fun. And it's, it's, uh, it, you know, it's keeps me alive. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it sounds like a great release and I think, I think that's, that's such a great way to describe swimming generally, but especially, you know, like a master's team, you know, every walk of life and so many different backgrounds, but you, you're all there to, to find that therapy, which is, which is a great part of it and a great part of that community to be, to be around. Right. Right. No, it's important. Um, well, Matt, I, I've enjoyed talking to you so much. It's thank you so much for your, uh, for your openness, your honesty, um, and, uh, and opening up about swimming and, and, and your daily life now is before we sign off today, any, any parting thoughts you'd like to share? Yeah. I just want to let everybody know that we're going to start, uh, we've started a foundation in my wife's honor. It's called the Christina Mauser foundation. Uh, and we're going to be giving scholarships to women who represent or have a lot of the qualities that Christina had, you know, team first, always put, you know, work your heart. Christina was, was the best player on her team, but she was the hardest working player on her team. And that was her coach who, who said that at her funeral. And it's a rare, it's a rare quality. We're going to find those girls who maybe don't have the economic um, ability that others do to, to pursue sports in college or, or at whatever level they're at, and we're gonna help them out. So we're gonna, uh, hopefully people will, will go to Christina Mauser Foundation and uh, donate and keep up with our, you know, the music we're gonna do, every concert we're gonna do is gonna be in her honor. And um, you know, if you wanna help us out, we'd appreciate it. Well, I, I appreciate it, Matt. And again, thank, thanks a lot for your time today. You got it, Coleman, thank you. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.